We just can't contain ourselves. I feel a little rusty. I had to get the dust off my microphone. <laughs> of your circular rolling microphone. <laughs> I, yeah, I was too cheap to buy the stand. And even in season two, we didn't make enough to buy the stand. So, <laughs> Nope. We'll have to see how much the stand costs and start a GoFundMe for, <laughs> like, stand for Sean. At this point, starting the GoFundMe and promoting that is easier than running this damn podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm surprised we're, we're here for season two. It's like... It's like we came in, we got our slippers on, we got a cup of coffee on, but we're still showing up to the office. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. We came in matching tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and our, our, like, what's this, like, scion blue? Mm-hmm. Love that. blue. Love that for us. If you guys didn't notice our new little intro bit, we got rid of the whole talkie-talkie because even we got sick of listening to that same thing every week. We got a new little intro music. And it's a little bit more vibey, we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know if it's us, so please give us feedback if it's like if the beat drop is just is just too intense for <laughs> well, everyone. Well, Megan sent me the samples, and I was listening to him in the car, and my speakers were like like I could feel the vibrations coming off of them and hitting me in the face. That is a way to start off a good podcast, <laughs> that, I think. <laughs> I mean, what better way to start off season two of Crime on Tap than with a new intro song that takes you off the fucking road? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start causing accidents. <laughs> Nonetheless, you guys, we thank you so much for coming back for season two of Crime on Tap. We had a great January off. We didn't discuss the podcast until last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we knew at the end of the day, we had to pull through for our listeners and come back for season two. Megan, do you want to explain to our listeners the new kind of format we're going to be running here on Crime on Tap and kind of the reason behind changing our ways around here for season two? So yeah, we are doing it a little bit differently. We're not going to be doing one long case Um, we're going to be doing more of what we did before with like little short bits. So Mm -hmm. we're going to have four each episode to each, um, that we've done a little bit of research on, but we're just going to like riff and talk about, we are still going to be drinking cocktails. (laughs) Can't give those up. Mm -mm, Cause (laughs) we are crime on tap, not crime at rehab. So (laughs) (laughs) that was a good one. Oh yeah. Thanks. (laughs) But that was one of the other things where we kind of like factored it in and kind of like played on the words of crime on tap. Not only are we still drinking on tap, but like our crimes that we're talking about are kind of like current in the news, hot toppies on tap, like your weekly dose of current crime news is all going to be right here on crime on tap. So the reason why we're changing the dynamics of crime on tap is because me and Megan both realized we love to do this. Our time is really valuable and the effort we were putting into our season one episodes was not cost beneficial at the end of the year i think everybody understands that that listen to season one (laughs) and what we went through (laughs) that we did not make enough especially those first couple episodes before we really got into editing and it took us what like sometimes in the beginning took me like six hours (laughs) like i'm not even exaggerating Wow. Okay. I don't think it took me six hours, but it definitely took me a good two. Oh my God. It was painful. Yeah. So I, so we're like going on like a worker strike. Like if you don't start paying us more, (laughs) then we're going to be doing what we want to do on our time. Right. Well, so that's, we'll bring it to our next point. We're going to be hopefully posting 
more. We're going to try to post every Monday and Friday in the same weeks and give you just shorter, maybe 25 to 30 minute episodes. So they're easier to edit, easier to prepare for, but you guys are getting double the content. So. Oh my God. They heard crime on tap. Oh my God. We got to make an appearance. (laughs) Coming in hot. Do we have any more of a recap to give these guys or should we just head right into season two of crime on tap? I think we should get going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, without further ado, Megan, how about we get it right into the par before the four. (gasps) So we're going to have a lot of those catchy little segments. Mm-hmm. throughout season two we have so many ideas so the first it we're bringing to you guys is the poor before the four and hopefully we can like maybe pay somebody to make a cute little jingle so we can just play it in the beginning no so we'll be paying someone on fiverr so if you know anyone cheap all right megan so the poor before the four what are you drinking today so um i prepared really well so i'm drinking a mojito oh okay wow I'm wishing for that su- that summertime oh. vibe I know I got that summertime sadness. Oh my god, Lana, my queen. <laughs> I know. I actually just ran out of vitamin D, so I need to sock up again. What does that have to do with Lana? Because <laughs> no, my summertime sadness, my winter depression. Oh, we yeah. talked about this in season one. My journey through seasonal depression. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> right. But awesome, you have a little mojito. Great way to start off season two. I'm drinking, I used to drink iced coffee, but it wasn't hitting anymore. So I'm a full-time espresso bitch. I only do espresso. I got an espresso machine for Christmas, and I'm currently drinking a Lavasa. Um, oh a Lavasa espresso with some creamer and a little flavoring. And it's currently 6.30 p.m. And I'll go right to bed at, right after this. Same. Like, I caffeine does not really affect me. I mean- nope. It does in the morning, but I can drink it. Like, I just made a pot of coffee now a little, just a little bit ago. Like, I, and I could still go to sleep. Right? I know. But, it's, this does give me a little bit of a jitter, but mm-hmm. nothing like when I first used to drink coffee. You know that feeling you used to get? To be not- a caffeine virgin again? <laughs> I would take that back any day over sex. Yeah. <laughs> See, I can function without sex. I cannot function without coffee. There's the difference. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Well, awesome, Megan. That's the pour before the four. How about now we get right into shift it into gear? The hot toppies are here. <gasps> oh, oh my god. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. Oh my god, that's so good. That's so much better. That's so good. Vroom vroom. Wee wee. Alrighty. I'll start it off, Megan. Quick hot toppies of the week. This we're filming this day on January 28th. Today, Megan. Let me tell you about this damn story. I got this Michigan man. Um, mm-hmm. His name is Amos Mushat. The headlines read, Michigan man kidnaps daughter, takes her on crime screen in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. So mind you, this man is from Michigan and he was being sought after for violation of his custody. So instead of just like doing things in a calm manner, he drove himself and kidnapped his daughter to Pennsylvania, where he stole a Ram Promaster work van. Now, I used to work in the electrical industry. I know exactly what this van looks like. <laughs> it, was it a good steal? Oh, it was a 2020 model, so it was a great steal. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> steal. The first trip that Amos took was he rammed the front entrance of a Ford dealership, where he proceeded to break down uh, the windows with a landscaping rock. Not just any rock, Megan, a landscaping rock. Very Why? important. 
Why is that so? Why is that different? I I don't know. Maybe the quality, the dexterity. <laughs> I don't know, but it was capable of smashing the windows at this Ford dealership. Okay. Well, they always look so fragile because they're always so clean. You know, it look like you can just blow blow and they'll fall over. So Mr. Amos first smashed the window into the Ford dealership, where he then proceeded to find the keys for a 2021 Ford Bronco. I guess the Ram Promaster wasn't enough. He needed the 2021 Ford Bronco, which surprising enough, Megan, I'm shocked that they even had one in stock with the current crisis of limited vehicles right now well i guess he knew what he wanted he was gonna make it happen he must have there was none from michigan until pennsylvania that's why he went to pennsylvania it was the only place to have the bronco for him uh, nonetheless he found the keys he sold that 21 2021 ford bronco where he then proceeded to go to a bank where he proceeded to use the same landscaping rock so mind you he took that rock from the ford dealership and put it in his new Ford Bronco and brought it with him to use again. Oh my god. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Yeah. The whole and I mean his name is Amos, Amos, whatever. He's bizarre. Okay, the only Amos I know are those hard as fuck cookies in those little bags. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about uh, like gas stations. Yes. The famous Amos cookies. Mm-hmm. And they're so hard and crunchy, and I hate them because I love a nice gooey cookie. Oh, yeah, same. All right, so Amos then arrives at the bank. Mind you, his 12-year-old daughter is still with him. Um, she got to have PTSD after this event, where he then proceeded to break down the window of the bank with his rock, proceeded to break into the bank. Then he proceeded to break open two safes containing coins. Okay, first, I have questions here. How did he even get in the bank? Isn't there an alarm? Is he a super genius because he cracked two safes in a bank? I don't, like, he broke these safes open with his rock. This landscaping rock? This rock! He used the rock to open the two coin safes. Maybe they weren't very secure. They're like, ah, oh, they're coins, who cares? Let <laughs> me tell like you, real money. <laughs> I'm in the process of trying to buy a house. When I need my landscaping done, I want that rock. <laughs> Whatever rock he has, I want it. Because you know it's top dollar. Uh, it's top notch. It's going to last me 20, 30 years. <laughs> By the time I'm, I'm finishing paying the loan, the rocks are going to be in perfect condition. Mm-hmm. Like walkway rocks. That's really <laughs> hard to say. Walkway walks. <laughs> A walkway rock. <laughs> Mr. Amos uses his rock to open two coin safes where his daughter is with him and she is actively dealing... The money with him she's fully involved with with this burglary mr amos walked away with 775 dollars worth in coins <laughs> that's a lot of work um, for not much <laughs> uh, yeah and that's gotta be really fucking heavy to carry yeah. those damn coins that's a lot um where, as you can guess, he was eventually caught his daughter was thankfully okay and safe and she was sent back to michigan And he's currently um, awaiting extradition for burglary, theft, and criminal mischief. I wonder if the 12-year-old, because she was, like, helping him put the coins in the sack, like, that's so, like, I feel, like, comically, like, cartoon villainy. Like, maybe she didn't even realize what was going on, like, that it was wrong or that it was real. Like, it's just so crazy. (laughs) I mean, if if that was me... I would be so, I think, just scared. My daddy's clearly doing something wrong, so I'm just going to obey and hope he doesn't kill me. Yeah, that too. You yeah. know? So maybe she was just like, I'll take the fucking money. Yes, daddy, I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really, what are they going to do to a 12-year-old? Come on. That's the poppin' news over in Pennsylvania, Megan. What's your first story? So mine is about, um, this has been a case from 2016, but it just came back into the news. Oh, I of- love this. Because they want some, they he wants a retrial. 
Of course. So this man, Todd Kendhammer, his wife Barbara died in a freak car accident on September 16th, 2016. Mm-hmm. And from the beginning, the cops did not buy the story. It was like they were, well, I mean, let's go over some evidence. And also oh, okay. they had they had two adult children and a grandchild. And with the stuff that the children says is so stupid to me. They were like, we don't get it. Like, whatever mom wanted, dad just gave to her. They were, like, well off. Like, they were happy. Like, I don't get it. And I'm like, oh, just because they're rich means they're happy. And because you don't think yeah. that maybe dad didn't want to give mom everything she wanted. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Just, and then they say something else that's stupid that we'll get to. So he, you know, of course, called 911 at the scene and was like, hey, the... My wife just died. A random pipe flew out of nowhere and hit her through the windshield and killed her. Okay, that's pretty bizarre. That's like some Final Destination shit right there. Well, exactly. And so they arrive on the scene and they do, um, and, you know, they take him in for questioning. They don't, like, arrest him or anything. Yeah. Um, And the autopsy revealed that Barbara died of blunt force trauma, which, I mean, could happen from the pipe. But she also had lacerations to the back of her head. Oh, where those come from? Yeah. So the medical examiner said that he didn't think that her injuries were consistent with the story. Did they find out where the pipe came from? No, they assumed it like he said it came off the back of a truck. But here's the thing. Whose fault is that? But here's the there was a surveillance camera around the time and they were they were the car their car was driving down this road at the time he said but there was no evidence of the truck that he said where the pipe came from there was never a truck on the surveillance he had injuries on his hands that looked like it was like boom boom pow you know what i'm saying like like you know red knuckles and stuff like that and he said it's because his knee-jerk reaction was to punch the pipe as it was coming in that was his knee-jerk reaction was to punch it all right continue so, yeah. And so investigators, they're like, we, we're not believing this. Yeah. And another thing on top of his lie was that he said that they were on their way to see Justin Heim had ordered a windshield for him because he does, he replaces windshields in his spare time is like his extra income job. Yeah. And so I don't know if he didn't think that they were going to talk to Justin, but Justin's <laughs> like, yeah, I never did that. I don't even know where this Todd guy lives. Like, Oh my God. I barely know him. So Ken Tamer, he backtracked and was like, okay, well it was actually his friend that we were going to see. Yeah. Right. He's a little sus. I mean, he can't keep his damn story straight. He's calling out these other names and they don't even know who this guy is. Something right. Like I mean, and then the medical examiner is like, oh, it doesn't add up. Like, no one believes him. And so eventually, three months later, he is arrested. And um, his kids, God, these fucking dumb kids, <laughs> even though they're adults, <laughs> they're like, my dad has 28 guns. Why would he work? Why would he orchestrate and stage her killing when he could just shoot her? And I'm like, so he could get away with it? How, wait, how old are these kids? They're like in their 20s. Have they watched any true crime documentary? Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, these kids must be so sheltered to think that, you know, oh, because they're they're rich. They look happy. Everything's fine. And yeah. why would my dad go through all this trouble to stage a murder when he could just shoot her in the head? It's like because one is obvious. <laughs> right? One involves jail time. One involves life insurance payout. Right. That's why I'm like, these kids are freaking stupid. Their names are Jessica and Jordan. Oh, they sound stupid. Jessica? (laughs) I haven't met one smart Jessica in my life. 
Unless you're a listener of us, then you're smart, Jessica. Jessica, you're smart. <laughs> he was he was eventually found guilty of first degree murder on December 15th in 2017. And he, unlike most, he went up in his own defense during his trial. And he said, I was stressed. That's why my story didn't make sense. Like, I just watched my wife die horrifically, was what he'd said. I mean, okay, so if you have money, you don't do this by yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, and then his money comes into play, because this is why we are back in the news with this story is because um, in 2021, he hired, uh, what's his name? Jerry Booten, Booting, Booting? Poutine? B-U-T-I-N-G. <laughs> I, I must be hungry. <laughs> <laughs> is it Bouting? Bouting, maybe? Um, who was the attorney from Making a Murderer. So he's like, the now, he's now a hot shot. Yeah. Oh my God. And so he's going for a retrial saying that the defense sucked and they, you know, didn't do the best to, um, to defend their client and they missed a lot of opportunities. So they're asking for a retrial. And so they actually, they brought forth enough evidence for them to do retrial because they said they brought in a memory expert who said that it is possible that he'd fudged his memory because of the trauma of incident, that her injuries weren't likely due to a physical assault because of the just the bluntness of them, I guess, yep. as a result of cranial cerebral injuries. And there was this huge, this is kind of silly, this huge metal coffee mug that they think rattled around in the car and caused the unexplained lacerations. Um, and, okay. and they had an expert come in and was like, well, it's possible. They were able oh to God. create enough doubt where he's getting a retrial in spring of this year, thanks to the making a murder attorney. <laughs> Well, I mean, he hired the big wig to really come in and do their damn job. So he's doing his damn job. I know. Well, that's what he, that, that's, I love that the reason they're, he's getting a retrial is because his expensive lawyer was like, mm, his shitty lawyers before, like, <laughs> I'm expensive. I know what I'm doing. Let's just like redo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just have a, like a do over. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. This is like a good case to keep up with because I'm interested to see how it plays out. I definitely think, I think it was coincidental that she fucking died. But I think he was kind of, like, also beating her. Got lucky that she died. Well, and the other thing is that he, they also have no histories of, like, domestic abuse. They didn't have any financial issues. They're, neither of them were ever in trouble with the law and stuff. And so it's, like, there isn't, like, a clear motive. There aren't, like, text messages between them fighting or anything. But, like, yeah. I agree that, like, a lot of it doesn't add up and just seems, like, so implausible, I guess. I mean, could you imagine just driving and getting hit by a pole or a I pipe? mean, it has... It has happened. Like a guy I went to high school with, he went down to LA to like do a music career and he had a, he was rich and he had a convertible and like a metal piece fell off the car in front of him and like, like detached some of his face and he had to get like his face reattached and shit. So it happens. I think about that when I drive under bridges, I'm like, what if this just collapsed? Because that's happened. And and there's nothing, and there's nothing we can do about it. Shit just happens. That's scary. I don't like talking about it. Hey, I learned in my real estate courses that if a tree in your land falls on somebody else's, it's called an act of God and your insurance should take care of it. I feel like I learned that from Judge Judy. <laughs> I mean, why am I paying to get knowledge when I can just watch Judge Judy? Really? Like, <laughs> all right. So moving into the next hot toppy, mm-hmm. number three of the week, we have this one. I've been hearing so much about it on the news. 
don't know if you heard about this case. It's the Lauren Smith Fields case. In short, it's basically revolves around a black woman who met up with this white guy on Bumble. And she was found dead in her bed, and he was laying next to her. Was he alive when he was laying next to her? Oh, yeah, he called the cops. Huh. I guess I haven't heard about this. Please explain. Oh, my God. Don't put that penis so close to your mouth like that. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just need something to fiddle with. I'm, like, trying to look at a set of my eye, because I don't want to be, like, inappropriately (laughs) looking at you putting a penis to your mouth. But I couldn't tell what it was at first. Oh, yeah, it's my penis bottle open. (laughs) (laughs) I know, you get me every time with that thing. (laughs) <laughs> you think it's put away? Nope. Miss Lauren Smithfields. This case dates back to December 12th, 2021, but there's been some new updates in the news this week. So the story headlines were Miss Lauren Fields. She met this man on Bumble and they knew each other three days before actually going out on an official date. So the man's name was Matt LaFountain and he claims that he woke up next to her and... She was unconscious, not breathing, and there was blood coming out of her right nostril. So, again, he knew her for three days, and he wakes up next to her, and she's dead. Uh, Um, Right. So, basically, what happened is that he'd known her for three days, and they were just talking for the first two. And then, the third day, they were having their official date. And apparently, the date was going to be held at Miss Lauren Smith Field's apartment. Um, So, there's apparently some evidence showing... That Miss Lauren texted Matt LaFountain and told him to bring over with him a bottle of tequila and also to Venmo her $40 so she could get her nails done before their date. Now the date was at her damn house. Uh, That seems like a red flag to me. I don't know. Like she seems very high (laughs) maintenance. I mean, not to speak ill of the dead, but. (laughs) Yeah, apparently Max claims that they only played games, had some food, and watched a movie. Um... I think there was a little more than just playing games, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, what kind of games, Matthew? <laughs> no, but when you say you want to watch a movie, it means sex. Let's be yeah. real. So Matthew claims that during his night with Miss Lauren, she went to the bathroom to puke multiple times. She also went outside to get something from her brother, came back inside, and was in the bathroom for about 10 to 15 minutes. Now, you're on your first date, and Matthew's just sitting on the couch watching the movie by himself. Because Lauren is puking and probably doing drugs in the bathroom. <laughs> that yeah, she got I, would, from her <laughs> I would be like, you know what? I, I'm just, oh, oh, I'm so tired. I'm going to call it a night. <laughs> right? So Matthew then claims that as they were watching the movie together, she falls asleep. So she's sleeping and Matthew, being the gentleman that he is, he picks her up and carries her to bed. And he lays next to her um, as she falls asleep. Well, um, that's kind of... I just gotta say, that's kind of creepy, though, that he's, like, laying with okay, her unconscious I s- body, and he's a stranger. I see that, but when somebody's blackout drunk, you stay with them so they don't, like, puke, and then and they, like, suffocate themselves. Okay, I see where you're coming. Yeah, so I do think it was weird, but it might have been even stranger if he left and she fucking died, you know? Yeah, there's no way to win in this. <laughs> I Right? Just shitty luck. Um, so Matthew also claims that he woke up at three o'clock in the morning and she was fast asleep. Her ass was snoring, he says. And then at around 6.30 a.m., he looks over and she's not breathing. And that's when she has the blood coming out of her nostril. And he immediately calls 911. And as police show up, um, uh, paramedics say that she was dead for about an hour before they got there. 
so she probably died around 5 5 30 and he was just laying next to her sleeping the entire time that's kind of freaking fuck <laughs> right so at the where we're at right now is the police have said that that matt lafountain is not a suspect um there's no evidence pointing to him that he should be a suspect in the case and they've also claimed that he is just a really nice guy um he could be manipulating yeah um so now we also get the autopsy results back from the coroner and the cause of death was ruled an accident from apparent drug overdose um they didn't say what drugs oh they did actually it was fentanyl and some other stuff they're claiming it's an accident however where we're at today is the family is currently suing um the city and the police department for their poor um one investigation and also two like reporting to the family of what is happening because the family is claiming they had no knowledge of her death the landlord of the apartment actually told them that she was dead um and they are kind of just being a little bitter i think (laughs) well because they're mad and they can't blame anybody because it you know, it was just an accidental overdose. So right. they're trying to point finger. Yeah, I I don't know if that ever going to actually come to anything. They're they're upset. Well, does that I'm wondering, did the brother or where the brother got the drugs? Was it laced with fentanyl? Because any little bit more than than a little is deadly. I, I don't know. I mean, that's where I think they're at is they're trying to figure out where she got these drugs. And how Matt LaFountain probably, how did he not know she was doing drugs? You know? Well, also, it's a one-on-one first date at her apartment, and she's acting like she's at the freaking club in L.A. Like, she's she's blackout drunk on tequila. She's doing copious amounts of drugs. It's like, girl, it was just a Netflix and chill. I I 100% agree. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think Matt LaFountain came over for just, like, spaghetti and tequila. And Lauren was looking to have, like, a rager. Yeah. (laughs) I just imagine she's in the back doing all these drugs, and he's just sitting there. They're fucking watching, like, Free Willy or something. He's just sitting there by himself. Yes. I do believe he was an older man, too. An older white man, and she was um, African-American. So I think there's... Oh, also the family is saying there was some racially charged reasoning behind the police department not wanting to work with them or tell them anything so they're also claiming it was a race base as well mm-hmm. well i guess we'll just have to keep hearing but i think they're just trying to the story um they're reaching for anything right now i think yeah they're they're grieving they're looking for people to blame okay this one is fast because i i feel like we're already getting too long here mine is i feel like it's pretty old at this point but i felt like i needed to talk about it on the podcast so unnamed instagram model at this time is allegedly suing drake for pain and suffering um because after a one night stand encounter he he used protection good for him he threw away the (laughs) the condom in in the trash and like went in the other room so she's like oh i gotta go to the bathroom (laughs) so she goes in And she takes out the <laughs> condom and tr- and scoops out his the the fluid in there to put in herself to impregnate herself. Mm-hmm. Little did she know that he put a security measure in. 
<laughs> apparently he put hot sauce in the condom so she's screaming in the bathroom yes. and he comes in and she's like what the fuck's wrong with you why would you do this and he's like so that no one can have my baby when i don't want them to <laughs> right and allegedly he's been doing this since he got um porn star sophie brousseau pregnant four yep. years ago with adonis and apparently now it like launched her painting career and she's like this really famous french painter that's like met the queen and stuff and the pope i didn't know that yeah so i mean maybe it was all an elaborate thing <laughs> and she lives in canada now so that they can co-parent like adonis is 100 percent his baby but he was like it was it was an unplanned accidental pregnancy and so he was like and his sophie was a was a one night stand as well yeah and he was like, that ain't happening again. So he put in the hot sauce in the condoms. Well, let me tell you what. Drake, as fine as he is, he is disgusting. He is always using that dick to fuck some hooker or some prostitute. He is fucking a new bitch every week. I mean, and that girl he got pregnant, I'm pretty sure she was a stripper. No, she was a porn star. Like, Oh, yeah. It was strictly for research, but I did look her up. And I didn't see any penetration videos. I only saw like, ooh, look at me. I'm all soaked up. Yeah. Her porn name, if you want to look at it, was, I think, Rosé Divine. Oh, my God. So, well, you can tell in the picture she's meeting the Pope. I mean, she had to have had implants on her butt because it is, like, <laughs> it's it's inhumane. It's bigger than Nicki Minaj's. Oh, my God. What about Serena's? Oh, my God. Even bigger. Oh, my God. But you could tell it's fake because it's just sitting just, like, a little too low. Yeah. You know? It's, like, sagging. Like, but not, like, an old lady sag, but, like, a... I'm fake and this is defying gravity. So my skin is being pulled down kind of sag. Well, I mean, honestly, good for Drake. He's putting in those security measures. And if no one else is going to do it for him, he's going to do it himself. Oh, and so his response, it wasn't really confirming or denying his response on his Instagram, Champagne Poppy. Um, (laughs) Mr. Poppy? He said, you can have your 15 minutes of fame. I'll take the other 23 hours and 45 minutes. (laughs) Oh, God. He's so cringe sometimes. (laughs) I know. I mean, I'm sure that's going to make it to a song. It's got to be in a song. He had to rap that one time. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a hot sauce condom song. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we have for today's Hot Toppies. I hope you guys enjoyed the Pour Before the Four segment. (laughs) And we'll be definitely implementing some new segments along the way of season two. We are so glad to be back. We feel like we're back in our natural element here on Crime on Tap. Season two, all of our fans are back. And our tappers. Oh yeah, our tappers. I mean, is that confirmed? Is that our name? I don't know. I feel like we have a bunch. We say cot, we say tapper, we say potty. (laughs) We just say it all. I know. We just make up shit as we go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But nonetheless, you guys, be sure to follow us over on our Instagram at Crime on Tap Pod. Be sure to keep up with the latest Crime on Tap news. We'll definitely be posting more during season two. We are so happy to be back and glad you guys are listening. Be sure to listen to us on all the major platforms, Spotify, Apple, and more more yeah we're not giving any shout outs this, this season no because they always fail <laughs> oh, no. once we make a coin and stop having to remake anchor ads maybe we'll give a little shout out yeah but for now it's just spotify and apple because they carry themselves yeah. you know and then be sure to also leave five star review over there that really helps us out in the algorithm boost go enjoy your weekend and we'll see you guys next time where, where crime, crime is, is always, always on, on tap, tap. Ha, 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 ha.